Chapter 5, Social Constructivism. Case of the day. A case. Myra was an assistant program director for an urban, semi-academic residency program. Because of her love for teaching and curriculum innovations, she was recently put in charge of the weekly didactics that the residents attend for five hours per week. When she first started her job as assistant program director, she felt that the didactics were generally strong. The design was mediocre, but she wondered, how interesting are core curriculum lectures anyway? There was a good mix of attending and resident lectures each week. The curriculum tried to adhere to a systems-based approach, focusing on one topic per month, although this was sometimes impossible because of scheduling constraints. Lecture attendance was reasonable, yet only a handful of residents seemed to engage or ask questions during the sessions. Once assigned the task of overseeing the weekly didactics, Myra started to analyze the lectures. When she critically observed the sessions, Myra realized that many people seemed to be paying more attention to their phones than to the lecture. Several had laptops opened on their desks and were clearly working on other projects. A couple of residents were even asleep. Myra realized that perhaps these didactics weren't as good as she had previously thought. Myra decided to intervene. She sent an anonymous survey to the residents, asking their thoughts about the current weekly didactics and asked for suggestions. The response of the residents floored her. They complained about death by PowerPoint and called the material extremely boring. The residents expressed an interest in greater interactivity during sessions. Many stated that they didn't learn by being lectured at. One person even wrote, There are a million excellent podcasts out there. Why don't we just listen to them for five hours? Why are we reinventing the wheel? Myra started to feel insecure about the current state of her newly assigned weekly didactic sessions, realizing she had a much bigger job than initially anticipated. She did some research online and learned about some innovative ideas that some residency programs were implementing. Should the program adopt a flipped classroom model? That would require a total overhaul of the curriculum, something Myra wasn't certain she could handle. Was it a reasonable suggestion to start listening to podcasts or watching videos from experts during the time allotted for didactics? Such an approach might increase the quality of the presentations, but would not address the issue of improving active learning. Maybe the residents would get more out of the didactics if they were divided by training level and given lectures mapped to their level of training. That seemed like a good idea, but... The design would require three lectures every hour instead of one. Mara wondered if there was anything she could easily do to increase the quality of the sessions without a complete overhaul of the curriculum. Question for the reader. Myra is facing a very common challenge. What sort of theories might inform the way she could improve her curriculum? Overview. Overview. To understand social constructivism requires understanding what constructivism means. In terms of educational theory, constructivism perceives that the learning environment is one of experimentation and dialogue, where knowledge is seen within the context of problems to be discussed and solved. Put another way, constructivism involves the interpretation and explanation of information within the context of previous experiences and existing knowledge.
Knowledge is not transferred from teacher to learner in a passive, hierarchical manner. There is no single, absolute interpretation of information. Rather, information is processed through what is already personally known with new understanding, i.e., interpretation of information, constructed in a manner unique to the individual. Social constructivism takes the theory of constructivism a step further and states that information is influenced by the social environment, with interpretation and construction of knowledge influenced by other learners and teachers. Social constructivists posit that comprehension is first constructed on an interpsychological level between people. Once this is accomplished, interpretations can be internalized and become intrapsychological. Social constructivists argue that teachers should provide coaching, framing, and guidance, not passively convey information in a one-way direction to their students. Students learn from performing, interacting, and experimenting with the material, while the teacher assists in the design, facilitation, and presentation of the curriculum. A teacher may be defined in many ways, including another peer learner, a learning resource, a content expert, or anyone with complementary or additional knowledge on a topic. Social constructivists believe that traditional forms of assessment, written tests, may not assess a learner's deeper comprehension of the material. Traditional tests of knowledge may only test the learner's ability to interpret and to respond to the superficial requirements of the test. Social constructivists favor a model where assessment is embedded within the learning and teaching process. Assessment instruments that assess higher reasoning, such as analysis and synthesis, are favored. Here's some background on the theory. Social constructivism is categorized under constructivist theories. Constructivism dates to Gambattista Vico, an Italian philosopher of the 1700s, who felt the learner learns to construct knowledge for himself based on what he can explain. Other psychologists refined the theory of constructivism, Piaget, von Glaserfield, Dewey, but it was Vygotsky's social development theory that influenced the development of social constructivism. Vygotsky articulated that learners cannot occur passively with a teacher at the front of the classroom reciting facts and the student passively absorbing this information. He felt that the learner needs to understand the lesson in a way unique to him. Vygotsky argued that language and culture were important elements in the acquisition of knowledge and that prior constructivist theories inadequately accounted for these elements. For Vygotsky, learning was a social process and interactions with others were the core foundation of knowledge acquisition. In the acquisition of knowledge and skills, Vygotsky described two distinct developmental levels. The actual developmental level refers to the stage at which the learner internally comprehends the material and is able to perform a task unassisted. Of more importance to medical educators is the Zone of Proximal Development, or ZPD. The ZPD is a stage where the learner acquires assistance from a more knowledgeable other, a teacher in broad terms. Essentially, Zone of proximal development is the intermediate region on a performance spectrum between what a learner can perform without assistance and what a learner cannot perform even with assistance. The ZPD defines the region on the spectrum where a learner can perform with assistance from a teacher. This is the developmental area where learning occurs. 
The concept of scaffolding becomes important when considering the ZPD. When scaffolding a learner, the teacher provides enough assistance so that the learner is able to push past the boundaries of their existing knowledge. Assistance is then slowly withdrawn by the teacher so that the student can assume independence in performing or understanding the task. Many medical educators already perform scaffolding, whether or not they use the label. For example, when teaching a skill, a teacher may initially demonstrate the skill at normal speed. Then, the teacher deconstructs all of the steps of the skill. Next, the teacher performs the skill while the learner describes the steps. And finally, the learner performs the skill. A scaffolding provides appropriate and safe boundaries for complex abilities, stretching the required performance of the learner as they develop their own ability. As the learner's ability grows, support is withdrawn until the learner is able to function independently. In summary, social constructivism is an education theory that describes the interaction between active learning, coaching, and social interaction. Coined by the sociologist Berger and Luckman, social constructivism focuses on the learner, not on the material being taught. Modern Takes on This Theory Social constructivist models in medical education are represented in problem-based learning, team-based learning, and small group work, or seminars. However, technological innovation has advanced and expanded the scope of this learning theory. The most obvious example is the flipped classroom, where students switch the lecture and homework components of a class. Recorded lectures are reviewed asynchronously prior to class, with the class time spent engaging the teacher and peers on the application of the knowledge, i.e. homework. The use of multimedia technology allows a feasible and efficient delivery of the traditional lecture outside of the classroom, making space for interaction and experimentation with the material within a group of peers. In addition, there are digital platforms that facilitate group learning despite geographical barriers. Platforms like Slack, Google Apps facilitate asynchronous discussion and collaborative project work, typical of the ZPD. Of course, the difficulty with online platforms is encouraging true collaboration. These platforms are less easy to facilitate for teachers, and social norms for all members to contribute are not as strong. Nevertheless, the ability to virtually collaborate across multiple time zones expands the influence of social constructivism in modern education. Here are some other examples of where this theory could apply. While the small group sessions typical of resident conference, like an academic half day, is an excellent example of leveraging social constructivism, the classic classroom example is problem-based learning, or PBL. PBL is widely accepted in medical schools, where small groups of students work together longitudinally, addressing a new clinical problem each week. For example, a group may work through the diagnosis and management of a patient presentation suggestive of gastrointestinal bleeding. An experienced facilitator scaffolds the issues to be addressed in the problem. Each group may achieve different learning outcomes based on their specific learning needs or the way discussion and research unfolds. High-fidelity simulation is another example of social constructivism in medical education. Teams of learners are asked to solve a simulated clinical presentation. If the team includes learners at different stages, more experienced members can scaffold support to the junior learners commensurate with their needs. This allows the individual to draw on the experience of all members of the group to facilitate the internalization of their own learning. Limitations of this theory. Social constructivism is dependent on social interactions between learners and teachers. 
Therefore, disengaged or shy participants limit learning. Facilitators must encourage all members to engage while maintaining a safe and trusting learning environment. Additionally, the best groups are diverse in background. In a given group, example medical school classes, clerkship group, or residency, members may be homogenous, limiting the benefit of new insights from participants with different backgrounds and experiences. Creative solutions such as incorporating interprofessional learning may help promote diversity of perspective. Social constructivism requires a marked change from traditional classroom teaching, where the learners are passive recipients of instruction from a teacher. A teacher not trained in the scaffold approach that supports ZPD will inhibit engagement, discovery, and incorporation of the material. Insistence on focusing on what is taught rather than what is learned is counter to social constructivist theory of learning. Finally, learning that is individualized can be challenging to assess. Returning to the case. Case of the day. Myra felt like she was in over her head and decided to seek help. She had met some outstanding medical educators at a recent academic conference and reached out for suggestions. They recommended that she research different theories in medical education to see if any of them provided inspiration. Mara encountered many different theories during her research. She found many of them appealing, but it was the theory of social constructivism that resounded with her the most. She liked that social constructivism focused on working as a group and learning from each other. If the residents could work on problems together, in groups, this could alleviate some of their disengagement with the current design of the academic conference. Another aspect of social constructivism that appealed to Myra was the concept of scaffolding. She could deploy the senior residents as teachers, using them to scaffold the learning of the junior residents. Myra decided to put the theory into action. She reorganized the design of conference into a problem-based learning curriculum. She formed small groups of residents stratified by levels of training. Myra also increased the amount of team simulation sessions, again employing the group to teach each other. Myra resurveyed the residents and found that satisfaction with academic conference had increased. But now the residents wanted to discuss some of the rotations they didn't like. 